Dopamine swipe, dopamine, dopamine swipe. Follow us, likes, double tap. Now they control your life. What is going on, beautiful people? Welcome back to the 817 Podcast. And I say welcome back because the dater says y'all be listening to the podcast <laughs> and coming back gracefully. Bringing a friend means a lot. So um, we're really excited to talk. Um, it's hot. Yeah, we hope you enjoyed your weekend inside of Hell's Butthole <laughs> because that's what it has felt like. <laughs> Oh, I wasn't ready for that one. Usually I can hold it together. Uh, all right. Well, well, I know this wasn't like a really big um, kind of week of pod, but we're going to discuss it. The big story is um, Fort Worth council members um, have now spent the new the new ones have now spent a year in office. So we're going to just spend time analyzing a beautifully written Fort Worth report article. And just kind of giving that synopsis on wins, accomplishments, where are they, and just kind of things like that. And uh, we have a couple short stories. You want to dive into our first short story? Yeah. Uh, and this is kind of a, a funny one. So early in the week, it was announced, breaking news, that HEB was building their first store in Fort Worth. And, you know... It was basically the same distance from downtown as the one down in Burleson. They were allegedly going to be going into Alliance Town Center. Mm -hmm. But a few hours later, it was actually revealed that, yes, HEB has purchased some land up there, but they have not announced any plans to actually build a store. My take was that they saw Black Rifle Coffee was going in next to them and said, we can't be associated with those guys. But is that is that, is that like a franchise? Yeah, Black, uh, Black Rifle's a racist franchise. Like their entire brand is like AR-14s and AK-47s. And so, they, so do they actually sell guns or is it a coffee company? No, it's a coffee shop, but their entire branding is around automatic rifles I, I find it beautiful how the loop fort worth has a, a, a our coffee shops called black coffee and alliances is called black rifle coffee <laughs> like, so that's a the i never heard of it before they it's been developed recently um you should look up some details about like their potential ipo like it's kind of a scam an ipo yeah like they want they want to go public um it's kind of a a scam and their market valuation is insane but so i never heard of it before and we were taking our car to get an oil change at uh five star ford which is like right on the edge of the loop and so i'm walking across 820 uh, across the bridge just to go sit in a coffee shop or something there's a starbucks across the street and i see this coffee shop right on the corner black rifle coffee I don't see the massive gun on the side of the building. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to walk in. I'll, I'll try this out. And I open the door and all of the walls are just lined with like paintings of guns. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I do not belong here. And so then I walk out and then in like the next couple of weeks, I start to see that they're popping up everywhere. Uh, I'm seeing it post on LinkedIn, like seeing cameos in movies with their shirts. I was just like, dear Lord, what is happening? But HEB is not actually coming to Fort Worth yet. 
They just bought some land. They bought some land. I was Which also, they own more land. They own other pieces of land. I don't know where they owned other land. That'd be cool to find out. I'm just like, you know, it's not like there's any food deserts right in downtown Fort Worth that yeah. have space that could use a grocery store. We're, yeah. we're going to go. We They don't hit the, uh, like, median income levels that people on the, you know, HEB development map are looking at to try and pop up new stores. So they, they're going to go out to Alliance. Yeah, Black Rifle Coffee has a North Richland Hills area. Yeah, that's, 4. A, 5 that's stars. the one. Yeah, it's like right out of the loop. So, yeah. Okay. But, um, yeah, no, 4.5 stars. It looks like, yeah, holy smokes. That's crazy. Um, yeah, HEB, you know, it was all started for, you know, really being a spot for San Antonio. San Antonio um, is predominantly Hispanic, predominantly uh, Mexican. And so, like, it's known as just, like, a place where blue-collar people go grocery shopping. It wasn't started as a fancy place, for like a Whole Foods started, mm-hmm. right? It was started for the average man. But it seems like wherever HUB goes in North Texas, it's all the fancy places. Alliance, Frisco, Plano. You know, HUB, I hear it means here everything is better. Hmm, but I now, know that. I think it means here everything's bougie (laughs) because we no longer allow groceries for the common man like us on east side who needs some grocery stores instead you're going to be by Target in alliance you said you pulled back but we'll see what happens where you end up um but that was cool it it really got everyone going in fort worth yeah talk about heb in fort worth and Things go. It was fun. I would imagine that it was probably the most clicked on article on the Star Telegram this week. Oh, yeah. That'd be, that'd be cool to find out. Uh, all right. Well, let's go ahead and dive into our second story. Another story I feel like you're you're been keeping track on. So go ahead. Uh, yeah. So Fort Worth is going to pay $35,000 to identify and monitor short-term rentals. Uh, they've signed a contract with Deckard Technologies to identify, monitor, and report short-term rentals operating in Fort Worth. We've talked about how they're looking for a company to actually give the scale of what the industry looks like in the city right now so that the city has a better idea of what to do with short-term rentals. This step is something that is a part of kind of a plan that a lot of cities have followed when trying to address short-term rentals. The National League of Cities Short-Term Rentals Guide This is one of the first steps. So the city is taking that step, and until the city has come to a final decision on how to handle short-term rentals, it has put a pause on enforcing the current ordinance. I think this is a, a solid way to approach it. Like, we're looking at what other cities have done. We have hired a company to let us know the scale of what we're dealing with. And until we figure out the a solution that works best for everyone or for the majority of people in the city, we're going to put enforcing the ordinance on hold. Honestly, I don't know if this is the approach that a previous city council would have taken. So I appreciate how the council members are hearing all sides and trying to put together something that works best for the city. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it looks like they had like a pretty big meeting for like 
the whole, the Fort Worth Alliance short term rental alliance. Yeah, like, pretty big meeting. I, I'm, I guess for someone who is youthful, like because I'm younger and pro Airbnb. I guess I didn't realize how how fifty fifty everyone is. Mm-hmm. I don't. I didn't. I didn't. What? Where do you think if you went to like you looked at Fort Worth and we voted on something? Airbnb's in. Airbnb's out. What do you think? Like the percentage. Of like people are for it. Are we going like people in Fort Worth or people that vote in Fort Worth? Um, because if we're going people that vote in Fort Worth, this is going to go the way of a city council raise. You know, like we're talking very close. But that and not being for it, yeah. Because we're talking about an older population that's more based in quote unquote protect our neighborhoods. Yeah, doesn't have a good understanding of traveling outside the triple a guide uh yeah but i think as a whole fort worth is probably more for this and for you know regu- creating structure around this um than against and maybe that's not fair maybe as a whole fort worth is a r- very for creating structure around it uh, that structure probably looks very different depending on age of the voter. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I'm I just really interested, and that's a good way to look at it, like how would it go in a regular vote? Because I think Fort Worth doesn't have a lot of solutions in how to get revenue, and it just seems like a way to get revenue. Yeah, and it's a way to support tourism in the city like if we want people to be coming in if we want the like current version of tourists to come in a lot of them want to go the airbnb route or the vrbo route and if we are going to try and suppress that we're going to lose tour lose out on tourism dollars yeah yeah and it's I, I could totally get if like we were starting at zero and we weren't a part of like a national, you know, group that's already doing Airbnbs, I might be cool without Airbnbs, but like because that's what society's doing now, I feel like we can't be a city that doesn't yeah have yeah. pro Airbnb. Like you don't really have even a choice in my opinion, because it's just like the way of the land now. And if you're gonna adopt, it's like you gotta adopt. And be a city. But I, some of these stories do sound crappy, you know, like, you know, the guy with the lake and all that and, and stuff like that. And it sounds crappy, but then I look at like, welcome to average America, man. This is how we live on the streets. You know, like <laughs> my, my neighbor plays Tejano music to 3 a.m. On a, on a Sunday. I'm like, man, I'm trying to go to work, man. So you just got to adapt. Sorry about you, you know? So it is what it is. And uh, I don't know. Maybe what do you like- feel about the $35,000? Oh, good, good. Uh, yeah, maybe that's the purpose of living in like a gated community and like you've probably got a strong uh, homeowners association that you're paying dues to and like you can keep Airbnbs out of your gated community. Mm-hmm. But it's like you said, it's not the way that people are approaching travel anymore. And especially like Airbnb just did a big redesign around their website and like where it's less like city focused and more like going to stay in cool, unique spaces focused. Yeah. And so even more so it's not 
pushing, like traveling to this place. It's traveling to this spot to stay. Yeah. And I think that's a, a trend as people want to Instagram or TikTok what they're where they're staying at. Like if we're not coming alongside and keeping up with the curve, we're gonna lose out on young tourism dollars. Yeah. It's so crazy how so much of the world fo- folds based off of we you know, people just wanting recognition that their life is good. You know, like all this is happening, like you said, because a bunch of thirty year olds want to get on Instagram. And say, hey, I'm staying at somewhere cool. Yeah. Check it out. Like, isn't that crazy? Like, I mean, that's, it's literally that's the like, I think the entirety of TikTok users are in Greece right now. Like, <laughs> literally everything is just like people posting from their places that they're staying in Greece. I'm like, I don't want to go anywhere near there if that's where all of you are right now. But it's exactly what it is. It's like, man, this, is, this looks like an amazing place to stay. I saw my favorite influencers go do it. And so now I'm going to make that happen too. <sighs> Gen Z's man. Gen Z's they're, they're, they're next level. Uh, well, let's talk about, um, you know, this is a youthful conversation around Airbnb. We also have um, our city council who are going to, that's going to be our big story, but they're also dealing with their first uh, budget. So you want to kind of talk about, the budget, I have the story here. If you want me to hit it, I'm happy to jump on it. Well, and I think to clarify, this is actually their second budget. Oh, it is? It is? They did the one last year, but nobody knew what they were doing. Okay. And that, I do you remember having that conversation? Yeah, yeah. Kind of like, they're oh, all yeah. walking in. I do. There's the the old blood on the council, like, has experience in this. Yeah. They know what's happening. Things are kind of set in stone, and the new group of people coming along haven't done this before and like don't actually know how to shake things up if they want to. So this really is their first budget where they know what's going on and will maybe get to see their influence a little bit more. Uh, But the city budget has to be done by September 27th. And so the next few months will be a lot of public hearings, figuring out, uh, what general revenue funds are going where, figuring out what we need fixed. And really, I see the council trying to involve the community in this more than they have in the past. They're actually promoting that if you have something that you think needs city dollars to get fixed that has been neglected, take a picture in front of it, post it on Facebook, Twitter, whatever, with uh, their little... Molly, yeah. the longhorn uh, yeah. symbol, and let them know that this is something in your community that needs money dedicated towards this. I'm just going to like print a global picture of the city GPS satellite and just going to put a big fat sticker on it <laughs> <laughs> and take a photo of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah and, and what I also kind of think it's interesting, you know, the budget's kind of like there. You're, they're going to know how much is going to be able to use to spend on what. Um, so there's not like a lot of flexibility on, on, on like the budget, the budget, but then it's like deciding on, okay, where some of this money goes, where, what, what would you argue less than 7% of the money's movable? What, by the time they touch it, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, I, that's probably a good number. Right? And like, I feel like the majority of reporting that we read around, city our city budget 
and national city budgets is like, oh, like there's just not enough money for this, except for cops. When we're talking about cops, like you get all the budget you can ask for, you'll get more bonds, you'll get an extra tax rate. But when we're talking about Parks and Rec, like, well, this is kind of what we have and you have these requests and so we're going to have to cut all of these out. Uh, and that's kind of what this felt like we were starting to get into already was, well, we don't really know if there's going to be money for that. So maybe next year, but that's yeah. why it's important to have your voice be heard. Yeah. Random side note. It is crazy how like pro police or like increased police officers has become like a centered conversation in America or even like centered Democrat conversation. Like it's like when I like I look at what happened to um what's his name Boudin or whatever from San Francisco mm. their guy got recalled out, yeah, yeah recalled and then you have um the the mayor race in L A Karen ba- uh, mm-hmm. Bass and uh, Caruso and like it's all about like more cops and more police it's crazy how like that has become I saw Francisco Suarez interview the other day I don't like him as much and he was just like yeah when you add more cops. Crime goes down. Interesting. That's what we did in Miami. I'm like, okay, well, or just a lot of rich people moved to Miami. And so it just went down. Yeah. You pushed out <laughs> everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So anyways, that's my random one minute. How it's just interesting how that convo we were seem very, I guess, are we considered like super progressive on this? Like idea of like cop budget should be down. Like it just seems like, Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it just, it looked like common sense. Like when you look at a pie chart, you're well, like, Well, it wow. is common sense, but, <laughs> yeah. you know. It's like, look at this pie chart. Wow, that's a lot of money we give to one part of Fort Worth. Maybe we should take it out of that. Hmm. <laughs> that's basically how I look at it. I have nothing against cops and police. Like, I'm not, like, I don't, I don't interact, but it's like, you get like everything in this pie. And then you make everyone else fight for crumbs. Mm-hmm. So, well, so departments present their proposed budget to the city manager in mid-June. That's now. The city (laughs) managers have already seen the numbers the departments are asking for, but this is an opportunity for department heads to ensure that if something is cut from the final budget, it's not one of their programs. Basically, they're trying to make sure there aren't any surprises. Then the budget is presented to residents at public meetings and town halls set to take place in council districts. The goal of the public meetings is to get input on priorities and communicate with residents about what is already in the budget. The city sends out invitations to about 150 residents associated with city departments and council districts. Those residents are targeted by the city to attend stakeholder meetings, but the meetings are also open to the public. My question is, why are we only sending out invitations to about 150 residents when they're open to the public? Like, who are these 150 people? I I feel like the 817 podcast should get one, by the way. If I don't have something in my mailbox. <laughs> <laughs> I have plenty of questions about how these 150 people are chosen. Yeah. And even more questions about why that same invitation isn't in the mailbox of every single household exactly. in the city. That seems like an easy yeah. communication piece to yeah. make sure people are engaged but also, I think in a lot of ways, the goal for a long time has been that people won't be engaged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not worried about the 400 most influential 
people in Fort Worth list, <laughs> I want to be on the 150 residents. Yeah. Able to speak <laughs> <list>. <laughs> yeah. So Fort Worth hopes to transition to a different budget management system next year, which would allow for more robust public participation through online engagement and better explanations about technical aspects of the budget. Seems like a positive thing and seems like something that this newer, younger city council is trying to push out to everyone. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, we'll we'll see. And, and as you see, we're going to have a lot of updates till September and see what happens, what gets advocated for, what gets updated and uh, go from there. You want to hit the big story? Yeah, let's do it. We are now a year into this new city council where a ton of the seats turned over um, and the Fort Worth report did a really great job of highlighting a lot of what the new city council members and mayor have accomplished and what they're looking to do in the future. Do you want to start to run through well, I everyone? Think, yeah, I think so. What's really cool, so I will also put a link to the story. And, uh, I mean, kudos Fort Worth report this week. Like, I, I felt like Star Telegram and Fort Worth report have been, like, both doing wonderful jobs. But this week, whew, Fort Worth report just, like, was on fire. It was pretty impressive. All right, so, but um, before we dive into this, uh, do you want to give me, like, your personal grades, or, like, how do you feel, how do you feel um, a year with the new city council, fresh faces, fresh people, how do you feel like they're doing? I think a lot of this past year was obviously wrapped up in redistricting, which I think started out really positive. I think there was a lot of really good an open conversation that happened at the beginning of that process. And then the end just kind of kind of turned into this massive cluster and it felt like, you know, closed door handshakes and whatnot. And so I think there was a lot behind that, that might mar the picture of city council for me. Um, but I think that on the whole, this city council has done a really good job at listening to the community and engaging with the community. And so I really appreciate that. I, I think one of my gripes will be that they pushed their uh, potential raise onto this past ballot instead of saving it for a larger general election so that more people would have a say on mm -hmm. that. Um, but I think in general, like they have done a pretty solid job at better hearing and reflecting uh, the people in their communities. I will say another thing that I'm maybe iffy on is the new council schedule, just because we have seen the number of people going and engaging at uh, public comment meetings dwindle significantly to you know just a, a couple of traditional faces that are there and so I don't know if that has necessarily worked as well as they anticipated or hoped it would um but all in all I don't have yeah. any like major complaints about the way the direction that things are going yeah no absolutely I feel um and and I also think it has to be kudos to like I feel like Maddie 
has done a good job of leading from the back or like leading and allowing um, all of them to have a voice or have, have, Mm -hmm. have, you know, have say where I feel like Betsy was kind of like, you know, kind of like the mob level kind of like comes in, the ball sits down. All right, this is what we're doing, you know, kind of thing. Um, So I feel like, uh, yeah, it's been going really good. and, 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 And let's go ahead and go through their accomplishments. So um, we have Elizabeth Beck first, which, um, you know, uh, has a compliment of allocated an extra $3 million for the Forest Park pool. Remember talking about that? Maybe as people in the pool now or not, because that's not open. But there's surely somebody's in some pools today because it is hot. (laughs) Secured full-time status for district directors. Which, that's a big thing. I believe district directors, they're talking about the people that work in their city council office um, and so secured full-time status for district directors, making them eligible for benefits. Yeah. I mean, that's a big, win. Yep. that might feel like an internal big win, but it is giving more capacity to city council members and their offices to actually engage with their communities after the pandemic. You know, this seems like really important work, you know, uh, help secure funding for permanent supportive housing through ARPA dollars, American rescue plan. Is that right? Yeah, talked cool. about that last week. Yep. Great thing. Yep. Future actions. Extend Texrail down to Wedgwood and Berry Street. Please. Fire me up. Address the lack of affordable housing in District 9. Mm. Good luck. Set aside, <laughs> <laughs> Set aside more dollars for economic development. That's something we've talked about, too, yep. how Forward doesn't put together the budget to do so and by the way all city council if anyone listens to this you know or somehow you get this we would love to have any of you on the pod talk about your future your vision how things are going uh i know we have some future city council people um on the pod coming up but would love to have you all right would love to have you so um let's keep going so next one is michael crane accomplishments supported the construction of bomber spur trail i don't know what that is but I'm sure maybe his city council knows, his people knows mm-hmm. what that is. Do you know what it is? No, I'm guessing that it is something in his district. Yeah. <laughs> Pass new pool ordinance to allow for backyard swim lessons. I remember the debate around that. Okay. Advocate for better connectivity across the city by working with developers to include better amenities and roads near housing. There you go. We've passed a lot of bonds around that. Yep, yep. Uh, future actions. Redevelop Ridgemar Mall. Mm. Okay, we went to Hewland Mall last weekend uh, to go to Build-A-Bear. Because if you didn't know this, Build-A-Bear, if you go during your kid's birth month, you pay the price of what age they're turning for this special birthday bear. So like our kids turning two. So we paid $2 for a Build-A-Bear. Anyway, did, did it work out? Did they, I was like me and me and my wife were like, I were like, I wonder if they're going to get upcharged. Like, like, Oh, here's the bear. And you got these three things. Well, they do have all the upcharges, yeah. but we just skipped all of those. Look at you. Look at that discipline. Look at but this. Hewlett mall was hopping. Yeah. Like we had to drive around looking for parking at Hewlett mall. I thought it was dead. Yo, I, I totally agree with you. I am. Um, yeah, I totally agree with you. They're, like we people talk about like malls are dead. I, I went to Grapevine Mills, yeah, to see my uh, for Mother's Day for my mom. We basically took her shopping and all that, and it was cracking. Yeah, and then I did needed, you hear they're getting a meow wolf 
Do you know oh, what that yeah, is? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I know what that is. They're getting a Meow Wolf at Grapevine Mills Mall. Yeah, wow. Yeah, I mean, that place was popping. Yeah. And, um, but then I also went to, what's the one up up the road off of 820? That, with the, the Best Buy's there. It's oh, in the, yeah, yeah. I, well, I went to the Best Buy to get a keyboard, also, popping. Crazy. Malls are back. Yeah. Don't, don't hear the uh, conspiracy that they're dying. They're alive. All right, so... Michael Crane, shout out. Um, he has also addressed resigned crime rate by propping up existing community organizations and funding more community police officers. Rollout redevelopment plan for Las Vegas Trail. And that's a big piece for Como is Las Vegas Trail. Yes. And uh, Michael Crane, uh, shout out for the small businesses uh, group that he does. Um, and also, um, I just feel like very timely and very like communicative. Mm-hmm. I get that feedback a lot from his constituents. So shout out there. All right. Chris Nettles, our group, our, our, our district accomplishments established Juneteenth as a city holiday secured funding for redevelopment of Evans and Rosedale brought affordable housing development to district eight future actions, create an entertainment corridor in district eight. Okay. Establish a civilian oversight board for the Fort Worth Police Department. Continue programs within Fort Worth schools speaking about danger of gun violence to teens. Yeah, we're excited to see where the, you know, continued redevelopment of Evans and Rosedale and uh, talking about the money coming into Lancaster, how that could be an entertainment area in District 8. Yeah. Uh, Now we're going to move to... Leonard Firestone, accomplishments, restripped and brought in $40 million for Bailey Boswell Road, or is that restriped? I think restriped. Which means like... Repainted. Okay, gotcha. Uh, And brought in for Bailey Boswell Road. Don't know about Bailey Boswell Road. Have you been to Bailey Boswell's Road? I haven't. Okay. Preserved open space in District 7 by adding Casino Beach to the city's comprehensive plan as Parkland. Mm-hmm. Nice. Appointed chair of the Entrepreneurship and Innovation Committee. Future actions. Identify a policy for short-term rentals. Prioritize higher density development. Work to preserve Lake Worth from adverse residential development. There you go. Jared Williams. Accomplishments. Establish listening circles to connect residents to city services. Fostered a productive relationship between the city and Trinity Metro. Insured community centers are fine free for residents under 18. Mm. Look at that. Future actions. Take action on the newly improved communication between Trinity Metro and the city to increase the availability of public transit. Secure American Rescue Plan funding for collaboration with local nonprofits to focus on preventing violent crime among teens. Use funds from the city budget to a neighborhood revitalization strategy to support at-risk neighborhoods before they deteriorate. And this was like the biggest flip, right? Was Jungus Jordan to Jared Williams. Uh, most of the other ones were, yeah, you know, moderate replaced by moderate. Yeah. Slightly progressive replaced by slightly progressive. And this was the big flip. Um, so I'm excited to see what that relationship between the city and Trinity Metro can do. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, after reading their successes and accomplishments. I think there's one more. Oh, yeah. Yep. Maddie's. Oh, yeah. We get to do Maddie. Nice. Accomplishments. 
passed a redistricting map <clears throat> unanimously. Passed a 560... <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> I just don't think passing a redistricting map unanimously is uh, an accomplishment giving the given the like last month around the redistricting conversation you know yeah, yeah. and like we kind of have talked multiple times before about how people you know hop on board in fort worth city council like they're not going to dissent even if they n- know that they're going if they know they're going to lose it's kind of like well i'll just you know, go along with the vote to show that I kind of supported it. And that's what the end of redistricting felt like. Yeah, yeah. And technically wouldn't, like, I guess unanimously is the is the the accomplishment because, like, technically anyone who was going to be mayor, we're going to have to get a redistricting map completed. Yeah, yeah. So unanimous, unanimously is the accomplishment. Uh, passed a $560 million bond that invests heavenly in roads and parks. Establish, did that, why are you still laughing? No, no comment on. Roads and parks. That's what, why you're laughing. Yeah. Gotcha. Anytime you say roads, Jimmy goes into shock. Uh, established a partnership with Quinn PR to help communicate the city's character to the country. I heard about this. Um, actually, I heard about this, that this was happening, that uh, Visit Fort Worth is a part of it. Um, but there's also funds and budget for the economic development, uh, which is new where we weren't really pitting in funds for economic development. So that's cool, uh, to see that kind of base. You know, I think like Betsy was marketing Fort Worth as this like Q Fort Worth Western town. That's like, come and hang out where I think Maddie's like, no, we are also innovators, disruptors. This is a great place to work and, and thrive in your career. So I think this Quinn PR development is going to also lead to um, funding for economic development to have mm. have more space. I don't know. This to me kind of like is the the piece of the puzzle that answers the question of when did Fort Worth go from advertising as the modern West to going back to just kind of going all in on uh, the cowboy culture type of. So feel. you think we went backwards? I I think in the last year, year and a half, we have very much so gone all in on the, we filmed 1873 here and come to the stockyards. I just bull haven't, riding. I haven't, Professional the, bull riding. yeah, like the modern West mantra I have not seen used in the way it was towards the end of uh, Betsy's term and I've been wondering and thinking that we probably had some conversation with somebody that said hey you're trying to be everything to everyone you need to niche down and mm. this feels like the driving piece of let's find our niche and try and capitalize on it yeah I, you know to me I, I to me I'm betting that visit Fort Worth maybe tried it and they're like, uh, eh, it's not working out. And now they're at zero. They, they now are looking for a new strategy. And so when you're looking for a new strategy, you swing with what, you know, yeah, like it, that kind of, so like, and if that's, what's getting you money or notice, like, I guess you just keep pressing the do that button, yeah. you know, like with the, with the, um, Yellowstone and all that, because the only reason why that's here, because we look great for Western movies, like pretty practical stuff there. 
you know um the 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 bull right uh the bull association riding association makes a lot of sense to be in fort yeah. worth so yeah it, it also just yeah you're right it just feels like all this economic development is just thriving but then also i don't know who's involved or in power of mule alley and drover and all that stuff but it seems like they also have hold the puppet strings to how the story's being told in Fort Worth because mm. they're whoever's vision that is they're executing on that yeah uh, and it looks like pristine like it looks like a palace over there did you see that Drover bought the yeah. Stockyards Hotel too yeah I'm excited to see what they do with that yeah so there's a lot of vision there so we'll see um, how Maddie continues to tell the story future actions advance the newly funded Panther Island project by ensuring transparency and community participation. That's, that's going to be a big one. I mean, as much money, as much time, um, how creative of a project it's going to be, it's going to be pretty iconic once it's pulled off. Increase staffing for the Fort Worth Police Department. Work on strategies to help Fort Worth compete nationally for tourism and business opportunities. That kind of goes with the Quinn PR move. Yeah. I mean, Fort Worth is definitely in that phase of like, it's our time to be the hot city in the country. Right. The evolution of Austin, Miami, Nashville. They're like, okay, Fort Worth, we got to be in in that convo. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, really excited to see how that goes. And we'll keep talking about it on the pod. Yeah. Oh, I think that first year, all in all, like this group is very much so putting their stamp on the direction that they want to move in. And honestly, like I think all of them – um, if they so choose deserve like a, a second term to continue to, to build on it uh, because I think they are establishing their vision and I, I think it has Fort Worth going in the right direction in a number of ways. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like if anyone would lose a term is if anyone, if like, like Gina just Bivens just decides to stop doing it. Yeah, well, and I guess, oh, no, it's not this time that we'll be using new maps, is it? It's the next one that we'll be using the new maps. I have maps. no idea. I can't remember. Um, but and the d- net- districts, the net- districts are going to be changing up a little bit, and so there could be some shuffling there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Nettles one could be interesting, though, because then he, I don't know, like, that went to a runoff. Yeah, but Kelly Allen Gray was the incumbent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think somebody more progressive could, could, show, cut, up. could show up and yeah. potentially take on Nettles. Um, and District and District 9 won't be easy because that always has a ton of people as well. Yeah. Um, so they're going to have to advocate for it. But I guess the kicker here is they haven't done enough to upset anyone either. Yeah. Or like and become a token for a story. Yeah. Right? So... Um, We'll see how it goes. Want to move to wins and losses? Yeah, let's do it. I'll start with my loss. And, uh, you know, we had mentioned... We could over- do like a collective loss. It's yeah. just like evangelical churches being <laughs> outrageous. Yeah, we had like talked the last couple of weeks about how Fort Worth was on a hot streak of being in the national spotlight for really cool things. And then we have this homophobic pastor go viral for saying that every gay person should be charged with a crime and shot in the back of the head. Yeah. What? Bananas. Like, first off, this guy was already evicted from 
this church was already evicted from its previous building in February because of him saying things like this. Like, get out of here, man. Like, you do not belong in Fort Worth. Like that. And his church is like by Black Rifle Coffee and H E B. He's gonna be buying orange juice next to you. <laughs> yeah, you guys, like we're not lying. Like you look where the church is, it's up north. It's twenty minutes from here. Yeah. Like up north. It would be like going towards H E B. Yeah. This and is, this is, it's called it's called Steadfast. S T E D F A S T. And uh, I mean it it was just gross. I, it was so it was it's so, so awful. gross. Especially uh, you know, Pride Month and all that. Like yeah, it's it's awful. Yeah. And I mean what's even awful is that people are cheering. Yeah, which like, I was the cheers were very subdued. There weren't very many people cheering. Uh Yeah, yeah. It wasn't it wasn't like, you know, Here mercy culture thousands in the crowd going crazy. Um yeah. but the fact that this person has a platform and is using it and is twisting religion to act like this is something that they are almost like ordained by God to be doing absolutely gross. Yeah. It's it's not really that close to Black Rifle. It's it's more like above Wutaga. Yeah, it's even further up. Yeah. But yeah. Awful. So the other one is Mercy Culture with the L. Why are we giving them an L rather than just existing? What's the reason? Because of the the school. Oh yes. Um Mercy Culture has a Mercy Prep Academy or yeah, Mercy they, Academy. They bought like a charter school a couple years ago and are rebranding it to Mercy Preparatory yeah. School. And there are just some really uh sad stories coming out about the emotional and religious abuse and trauma that is happening inside of their awful stuff. Um so that profile was on Fort Worth Weekly's Weekly. website. Uh most of the names were kept anonymous or changed to help protect some identities there. Uh, but Fort Worth is kind of fostering a, a cult. Yeah. And that... Like, seriously, we are. Like, this should be everyone's number one priority to stop. Because... Re- regardless if you're red, blue, purple, like... Tim O'Hare is trying to become the highest ranking official in our county. Who, and, had, a, who had a kiss to hand. To mercy culture. Yeah. And what's crazy what I think about is like, if Steve Pinate did not run, Bird would have been close to to Maddie. But Pinate was the guy. Yeah, but I, but I, but I think about like their first run at mayor. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like their first run at mayor. I don't know the difference between Maddie and Bird. If you, if you give Pinate's 10% over to Bird. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about a real slugfest. Mm-hmm. So, mercy culture needs to be everyone's top priority on how to like figure them out because it's it's a danger to the establishment. Which I, you know, and we talk down about the establishment a lot. <laughs> but I didn't mean to go that way. I just was like, you know, we wanted y'all to go the other way, you know, a little bit. So everyone needs to be big L all the time. Um, is these people ruining it? All right, so wins though. Let's talk about wins. My win is the Fort Worth Reports profile about the Fort Worth Vaqueros. Uh, they are one of our minor league soccer teams. 
in Fort Worth. They play for the play in the NPSL, and this is kind of their first like normal season since the pandemic started. And even still, they're splitting time between two different home stadiums. Before the pandemic, they would play in Farrington Field, and then they were playing over here at Martin Field, which is part of Texas Wesleyan. And now they're splitting time between TCU's soccer field and uh, a high school that's sort of out in the, a little bit towards Lake Worth. Um, And I just really appreciated highlighting them because... You know, we've had this conversation about are we going to spend $10, $15 million on building a soccer complex in North Fort Worth when we've got minor league teams in the city already that are fighting to make soccer accessible, uh, really provide the community around it. The Vaqueros also have a free youth academy um, that has really high caliber coaches working in it. Um, so I was glad to see the profile of them. I have been glad to see attendance turn back from, you know, being the 20 to 30 people during the pandemic to closer to the few hundred that we were having out there before 2020. So if you get the chance, go out to a game. Uh, it's a ton of fun, really family friendly and, uh, a great minor league team to support here in the city. Love it. Awesome. Yeah. I, um, my win was also going to be an event. Um, yesterday we're recording on Saturday. Yesterday went to Lupe fiasco, Mm. uh, which is a rapper from Chicago. Last time he was in Dallas, Fort worth was 2006. So, uh, big time name. Yeah. Big time name. Yeah. And, uh, he's now, he came to Fort worth. And shout out to Wild Acre Live. Shout out to anyone involved in the bringing in national names to Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't have to be Dickie's Arena. Like I'm, I'm proud of Dickie's Arena of everything yeah. going there. But like the work to get a Lupe who hasn't done a show in ten years. A next show is in Chicago, and then he's like, Yeah, he's like he's not doing it. So he, like we're doing a lot of advocacy. They had Gucci Man. They had um, um, uh, Benny the Butcher. So shout out to like Fort Worth building its concert presence because that's definitely going to have to be a part. And shout out to Wild Acre Live's like stage. It is beautiful. Mm-hmm. The speakers sound amazing. Um, you can see the skyline mm-hmm. to the right and the sunset going down while drinking some agave Texicana, you know, nectar from my soul, like it, like direct from the tap in the back of the brewery. Like it's just was a beautiful experience. And like me and my friends who I was there was like, man, Fort Worth rocks. It's just awesome because also there was only like a thousand people there. And so it was just even cooler just to like we're here before it gets crazy. Yeah. Like yeah. we're definitely going to be the old people who like complain <laughs> about everyone being here in like 15 years because it's also in the east side. And so that's also cool for us east side peeps to have something that's special. Yeah, absolutely. Well, beautiful people, that's the show. Um like subscribe share with a friend um you guys are super inspiring us to continue to just do this work the amount of excitement when when we when we hear from listeners when we see you guys people who are who have now become friends or peers just all of you guys are just super amazing and it's an honor to be doing this podcast with all of you um next week um we're not going to be doing a show but we have already um have we'll have an interview out with Dante Williams, one of the founders of Community Frontline. So 
to me, one of the top people in Fort Worth who's going to continue to do big things here. We sit down to get to talk to him about his Fort Worth story, about East Side, about Community Frontline, uh, about where does he see the city going. Uh, so that's going to be an amazing interview for us next week. Uh, because it's Father's Day. So if I don't see you, Jimmy, happy Father's Day to you. Thank you. And uh, yeah, got anything to say? No, thanks for listening. And uh, yeah, we love when you reach out and engage. And hope you'll tune in next week. Peace. Peace.